Welcome to Kings River Life's Mystery Rats Maze podcast, where we share with you mystery short stories and first chapters of mystery novels read by actors from the San Joaquin Valley. This episode features the mystery short story, The Mercy Killer, written by mystery author Marilee Robson and read by Kingsburg actor Thomas Nance. She is perfect. The rattled face is worn by rouge and rosy lipstick, and the thinning hair is also bright red, as artificial as the makeup. She strolls the cobblestone streets in black boots with high heels, apparently unworried that a fall could break one of those skinny hips or ankles. Her dress is also bright, a shiny purple, with a dark jacket fitted tightly over a slim waist and bony ribcage. She smiles at the tourists in the sidewalk cafes lining the pedestrian street. She performs the old French songs that they want to hear as they eat their meals. She is the little sparrow if Edith Peroff had lived to old age and returned to performing on sidewalks. She looks happy, doing what she loves, entertaining the tourist crowds, accepting their applause and their tossed euros. But I no better. I see that she's tired. I see that she stops to drink something. Is it medicine necessary for some painful condition of old age? Or just an equally necessary gulp of alcohol? Something to calm her nerves, to give her strength before she performs for an audience of strangers? I see how the bunions deform the leather of those brave, high-heeled boots as they have deformed the feet that must once have been pretty. I imagine how those lumpy feet must pain her as she strolls on the hard cobblestones and the thin soles. She drags her equipment, microphone, amplifier, along on wheels. No need to carry anything heavy, but it still seems awkward bumping along the cobbles. Did she once sing in coffee houses and bars, or even on the concert stage? In any case, she should be home, resting those twisted and aged feet, drinking tea or a glass of sherry, getting a little relaxation and pleasure. She waits to die. Well, she won't have long to wait. She is perfect. I follow her as she leaves the tourist area. These are residential streets now, darker, lonelier. She has a small bag stuffed with euros from the tourist handout. Don't they know how wrong it is to keep this old woman out on the streets when she should be home? Sure, she obviously needs the money. She has to pay for a cold, tiny apartment. She wants to buy enough food to put some flesh on those frail bones to keep herself alive. But what's the point? I'm doing her a favor, really. The newspapers have started to call me the new Butcher of Lyon. Ridiculous. I'm in Lyon, but I'm nothing like Klaus Barbie. The man tortured his victims. There's no butchering involved. The deaths are quick and as painless as I can make them. 
angel of mercy. That's what they should call me, not a butcher. Although sometimes the grot is a little too thorough, sometimes the neck looks nearly severed, but that's not my intent. Only one reporter seems to understand. She's noticed a pattern. The old man coughing up what was left of his lungs, the tramp sleeping in the damp space near the river, the simple-minded girl about to give birth to a child she couldn't possibly care for, all vulnerable people, people who would be better off dead. She might give me another name. I should get a medal of honor, not the name already used by some Nazi. The old woman should be nervous, alone in these dark streets. She should be carefully clutching her small purse, guarding those euros she had to work so hard for, singing her heart out every night for people who want some music along with their state frites and a bottle of cheap wine. Those high heels make such a noise like the clopping of Horses' hoofs that used to travel these same old cobbled streets. She can't hear the sound of my soft-soled shoes as I move quickly towards her. I'll be over soon. A pain. I almost wish she could have a chance to look me in the eye to see the face of her deliverer. I wish I could hear her thank me. I start to run. Eloise stops suddenly. She could feel something dragging as she wheeled her equipment along the street to her vacation rental apartment in Old Leon. Such a charming place. It reminded her so much of her first time in Paris, the small place with the view of Notre Dame. That had been her first time in Europe, and the last before her first recording contract. She knew what it was. The cord of the microphone had come loose from where it rested against the amplifier. Such a clever device. It was a wonder she ever bothered with all the sound technicians and roadies she had when she toured. People didn't recognize her here. She had never been as popular in Europe as she had been in North America. It was so liberating just to go out in the streets and sing to people. The tourists who did know her seemed to think she was an impersonator. They sometimes complimented her on how much she looked and sounded like herself should be sorry to go back after this brief holiday, but she had a schedule to maintain. She had loved this short time singing to the kind of audiences she once enjoyed when she first started out busking on the streets to pay for her singing lessons. She was helping out. She passed the coins and bills the tourists handed her to the priest at the church on the corner so that he could help the poor in the neighborhood, the kind of poor people who had been targeted by that beast they called the new butcher of Leon. She gave a tug on the microphone cord, and it spilled out in a sort of loop. She lifted the microphone towards her, pulling it away from the boxy amplifier to straighten it. She felt a rushing behind her, and then a figure was flying through the air, landing head first against the bollard that blocked vehicles from using the street, and then smashing hard against the cobblestones. And there was so much blood. She must have screamed, because her neighbors were beside her, spilling out of the medieval buildings and passageways, 
calling the police, urging her to sit down. It was my fault. I think I tripped him with the cord, she said, before remembering she needed to speak French. She confessed her guilt to the police officers who were inspecting the body. It was a body. She knew, not a person. There had been a hard crack and then a wet, pulpy sound. That had been the head crunching against the bollard and the lumpy cobblestones. The softer sound had been definitive, like an overripe melon dropped on a flagstone kitchen floor or vandalized pumpkin at the end of Halloween night. She wondered if they would arrest her. What were French jails like? It's just my fault, she insisted. It's my fault I tripped him. But the police officers were speaking excitedly to each other in French that was far too rapid for her to understand and carefully picking up and bagging a thing like a piano wire, but with two wooden handles. The police didn't look like they were going to arrest her after all. She thought one of them had said something about giving her a medal. The Mercy Killer was produced by Kings River Life. You can learn more about Marilee Robson on her website, marileerobson.ca. Our theme song, The Blues, was written and played by Kevin Memley. Check out Kings River Life Magazine's websites for more mystery, local theater, animal rescue, and so much more. KingsRiverLife.com and KRLNews.com. Now, we'll be back next time with another mystery short story or mystery first chapter. Subscribe to our podcast to make sure you don't miss a single episode. And follow us on Twitter to keep up with everything KRL, at Kings River Life. Until next time, this is your announcer, Jim Tuck, wishing you a life full of mystery.